जाएंगे everybody welcome to the dangerous streets podcast i'm stacia here with my co-host senior hugo yo what's good y'all it's everybody's favorite caveman juice we got a great show today um you know so we did the show right and um i don't know what happened i must have pushed the button and uh deleted everything so we're gonna do this thing again you did yeah we um just recorded this (laughs) like 10 minutes ago and um it didn't save. So we're back. We're going to do this again. We're going to give it to you like it's our first time. So look, this episode, we are switching things up a little bit. We um, are going to take six topics that were big in the culture and in seven minutes or less, talk through each of them. And once the time is up, we're going to move on to the next one. Um, as you know, we are only five episodes into this thing. So we're switching it up. We're trying to see what works the best. So give us feedback. Let us know if you like this better, if you like the other format better. But this is what we're going to try this week. Shout out to all our early adopters. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, and give us real feedback. Not that, oh, it was good. Like, we need some feedback because we really want to do more with this show. Um, we got some big plans coming up in the next couple of weeks. So thank you all for rocking with us. And we're going to keep rocking with y'all. So let's jump right in to the first topic all right and the first topic this week is steak and if you have been on (laughs) in black twitter or black instagram or black anything the last uh couple of weeks then you know what the heck we're talking about for steak so the tweet that i'm gonna jump this off with is a tweet by oh my god her name is so long at tendency to be misread shout out to her she tweeted well done steak tastes like poverty. All right, weigh in. Um, I'm gonna be real with you. Um I'ma just come out and say it. Um, who cares how y'all eat y'all steaks? Like for real. I, I don't care how you eat your steak and you shouldn't care how I eat my steak. My what's on my plate should not have any effect on what's on your plate. So stop asking me how I like my steaks, okay? I've tried every variation possible with steaks. I've been all around the world. I've been to some wonderful steakhouses. I've had medium well. I've had medium rare. I've had well done. I've had rare. I've had, like, I've I've, I've had it all. Like, I've, you know, the, the, the meat was pink on the outside and, I mean, on the inside and was brown on the outside. And, you know, so, like, I've had all these different things. So, I don't care how you eat your steak because it don't matter to me. So what you're saying is we're spending our time discussing the wrong things on the Internet. Yeah. Like the like, why are we discussing how you like your Twitter has become so funny and people have run out of real topics that we argue two hundred dollar dates and and how you like your steak and whether you pour cereal before milk or milk before cereal. Like, who cares? Do you, bro? We need variety in the world. You know what I'm saying? Your medium rare steak is going to take a lot less to cook than my well-done steak. So that's cool. Once they throw yours on your plate, they're going to go right to mine. So I appreciate you for not getting a well-done steak. Now my steak can get on that goddamn grill and, and do what it needs to do, you know? And a lot of y'all, I'm say, a lot of y'all can't cook anyway, so y'all don't really know what y'all doing in the kitchen with steaks. Because if you knew what you was doing you know that a well-seasoned well-marinated well-cooked steak no matter what the texture is it's going it's going to bump it's going to taste good when you slice that thing and you bite into it it's going to taste like the truth no matter what texture it is so stop getting mad at people like people get really upset like oh my god you put steak sauce on your well-done steak you might as well eat a wet tire from the (laughs) 
garage. <laughs> like, bruh, shut up, bro. Like, how I like my steak and how you like your steak should not even. The only time we should get into heated debates is over boxing matches and basketball games. That's it. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to weigh in from somebody who started off my journey with steak, with well-done steak. I say started off my journey because growing up, we, we wasn't eating steak at my house. Like, it wasn't like we weren't going out for steak dinners, you know what I'm saying? So when I did become an adult and had the opportunity to have steak, when they gave me the options of how I could have my steak, in my mind, you know, growing up, you're taught you cook your food all the way through. If not, you might die. So I'm like, okay, my options are like rare or well done or medium wear or medium wear. Okay, well done. Like that sounds like the best option. Cook my food. Yes. Yes, I'd like my food cooked. Um, but as I have started to learn about how steak works, I'm like, okay, you're telling me I'm not going to die from having it medium rare, and it has a different taste and texture if I have it that way without killing me. Okay, I can give that a try. So I think maybe the conversation needs to be about, you know, finding out people's backgrounds, you know, maybe asking them, have they have they tried a, a medium rare? And for some people, they have tried it, such as juice here who said he's tried it both ways and prefers it well done is that correct of course of course he prefers it well done but i think maybe the education piece of it might come into play because you know for me if if you had asked me when i was you know first getting to college you know that was like 10 years ago but yeah if you asked me how do you like your steak i would be like well done i would want my food cooked not knowing that there were other options and not knowing that it's okay to have it a different way and it might even taste better a different way. But, you know, I, either way it goes, I I like I like a well done steak, I think. All right. I'm glad we had that steak topic again because, you know, um, um, don't don't say again. Because I mean, I'm just saying like Twitter going to keep this topic going forever and ever. And it's like, listen, if you want to talk about my steak, you buy me a steak. You you buy me a steak. Take me to a steakhouse, a good steakhouse or a Brazilian steakhouse or somewhere. Give me some flank and you tell them cook it. And then when the bill come, you pay for it. And then we can talk about steak. Until then, shut up. Facts, facts. If you're not paying, if you're not paying for the steak, then don't tell me how I'm supposed to eat my steak that I pay for. Speaking of telling people how to do stuff before doing stuff, let's go on to this next tweet. All right. And it is about... It's about moving in with each other before marriage. Um, apparently, there's a couple on Twitter that um, they met each other off the Internet or met each other in the DMs. Oh, we don't know that. We don't yes, know that. Yes, we, we did the research. You did? Yes. Oh, I okay. Can, I can find it for you again. All right, but, go I mean, ahead. You know, yeah, so. I, I didn't know that. So these, this couple met each other. Like I guess it started from a DM. started from DMs, and now we're here. So they moved into an apartment together, and um, someone tweeted them, unpopular opinion, we're not moving in with each other until we married. So um, I'm going to let you go first because I go first all the time. Thank you for that. How kind of you. Um, so, yeah, I personally would have to agree with the unpopular opinion um, that we're not moving in with each other until we marry. Caveating that with the fact that I have seen it work both ways. I have seen people that moved in before they got married and they got married and everything was fine. Like, I mean, everything was fine as far as I know. I don't know the inner workings of their relationship, but it worked out for the most part. Um, and then I've seen it hit the fan going the other way when they move in. Somebody gives up their own lease and moves in and gets on somebody else's lease and then they're stuck and they decide they don't want to be with this person anymore. 
and then they're stuck with them. So me personally, I'm going to have my independence until I don't have my independence anymore until I'm, I take your last name. My, I have my own place. That way, if you start acting crazy, I have somewhere to go, especially considering you have not committed to me long term. You're not saying no matter what the hell happens here, we're in this together. You just my boyfriend at this point. So I'm no, I'm not moving in with you, even though it might save money. And I know a lot of people do it because it saves money. But personally, how, how I work, and again, this is my preference. I'd rather spend my money, have my own place that way. I'm not sacrificing my sanity to save a coin because I'm I'm living with you and you acting crazy, you out here doing whatever, whatever, and I'm stuck in a lease with you until August and it's January. You know what's funny, though? So I was looking on the Internet, and there's a pretty popular opinion now that some people move in with each other and that jumpstarts the next part of their life, marriage or whatever the case may be. Like, you'll go in as new relationship couple, and then you'll move in together and living with each other and bonding with each other and and growing every step of the way would cause you to, I guess, fall in love faster with the love of your life than it would be if y'all lived in separate places. So me personally, I mean, I don't care what y'all do, but the thought of me moving in with somebody before we're married does not scare me. Because I'm a grown man and I know that in order to live life, you have to live. You have to experience things. Like, you can't just exist in this world. So I wouldn't have a problem with moving in with somebody. like I, Or somebody moving in with me. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have a problem with us finding a place together, where whether it be a condo or an apartment or something like that. Because if we get a condo together and it doesn't work out, guess what? I can have someone else move into that condo and make money off that person and still have the bills be paid. So I'm not really tripping too much off of that. Um, and I'm never going to move into a situation where if the other person leaves, then I'm, I'm stuck. Like I'll, I'll be able to provide for myself because that's kind of how it was back in the day. Like you ask your grandparents or your great uncles or your great aunts, like they wasn't moving in with somebody until that person had all their shit together. So in order for you to, we should make a rule, young fellas, young ladies out there, before you move in with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your, your LGBT community partner, how about you make sure that you can provide for yourself so you don't need to depend on somebody else before you move in with them? Sounds about right? Nope, I'm going home. I'm, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going home. At the end of the day, if you piss me off and you're my boyfriend and I decide, even if you don't piss me off, even if I decide I want to be in the solitary confinement of my own house with my green tea and a book and I don't want to look at your face anymore, because I am a single woman, I'm taking that option every time. I want my own until I don't have my own. And that's that's just how I feel. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm going to be able to go home. And, and to your point of cohabitating to jumpstart the next step of your life or whatever, yeah, you can come over my place and you can stay a week if I so allow it. I can come over your place and stay a week if you so allow it and you want me there. But we get that opportunity to spend time with each other without putting so much on the line for something that is temporal. Like, this isn't. We haven't committed unless I know I'm going to be with you like forever. And we have had that conversation and we decided even then it's like not legal. You know, it's not on paperwork. But if if we decide that that's a thing, then maybe. But until that point, I'm going to have my own house. And that's just it. Okay, big respect. You know, I see, you know, hey, sister, soul sister. 
mm-hmm. doing your thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you if you met a, a fine black man, right, and this dude was everything that you wanted, you wouldn't let him come through and and, and spend a couple you know weeks with you just to see if it'll work out. Yeah, I just said that. You can come over and spend some time. I can come over there and spend some time. But I'm not going to give up my lease or I'm not going to sell my house to move in with you. And we just met. I don't know. Here's my thing. I'm big on seeing people through seasons. So until I have gone through all four seasons with you, I don't really know you because how you act in the spring might not be how you act when it gets cold. How you act when it's hot as hell might not be how it act when the leaves start falling. And that's that's a metaphor. But I think that you got to see people through seasons of life before you decide to move in. So and I don't know how long this couple have been together, but I need to get to know you first and know how you react in certain situations. Because if I'm going to put my money and my housing and my whatever on the line for you, I got to know something about you. So I'm, I'm definitely, definitely not moving in if I've known you less than a year. And that's that's the very minimum, because you might turn crazy when it gets cold. And now I'm stuck with you. I never looked at it like that. So I'm 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 glad you said that. Um, I think we can agree to disagree on this one or, or, or just agree that people have preferences and let people live their life, which is pretty much how everything ends on this <laughs> on this podcast. All right. So moving on to the next topic. Um, and this topic is the normalization of ghostwriters and hip hop. So genius uh, previously known as rap genius um, tweeted um, a video of Lil Yachty and Miami from the city girls. Um, kind of making light of the fact that Lil Yachty actually wrote that song Act Up for the City Girl. So if you didn't know that song Act Up, You Can Get Snatched Up, yeah, Lil Yachty wrote that for the City Girls. And he shared that, you know, in an interview a couple of months ago. And so the internet has kind of talked about this and had conversation about it. But really, Lil Yachty and City Girls, um, well, the tweet says, Lil Yachty and City Girls really doubled down on this Act Up meme. And in the video, um, Young Miami is like rapping and and singing the lyrics that Lil Yachty wrote for her. And Lil Yachty takes the mic and is like, "Uh, I think you should do it this way. Like, this is how it would come off the best. And so the person who um, who tweeted, who quote tweeted it and, and gave feedback was at Bad Boy Deji. And he said the normalization of ghostwriters and hip hop is something I never thought I would see. I think that um, once again, I'm, I'm going to say this um, and I say this all the time. Um, your experiences are does not mean that the world experienced the same thing. Like your experience are not absolute. Your experience are just your experience. A lot of people say things from their perspective and they're trying to talk for an entire community and they don't have the authority or the experience to do that. I don't know how old this Deji person is. Um, I don't know where they come from or what their background is, but the normalization of ghostwriters, um, this is, this is ghostwriters have been around forever and it's been normalized. It just wasn't talked about. It's just something that you didn't have to speak on because you, a ghostwriter is supposed to be a ghost. They're supposed to be in the back. You're not supposed to know about them. They're supposed to be a specter, if you will, of the hip hop community. Um, Cameron is one of the most famous ghostwriters. He's written for many of your favorites. He's written for, for big. He's written for uh uh fat joe he's written for half of the terror squad he's written for a few of the rough riders you know what i'm saying like he's done his due diligence he's written for pharrell a few times um and no one ever came out and said hey i just want to let y'all know 
Cameron was my ghostwriter. You know, go, Cameron never came out and said, hey, I was XYZ and ABC's ghostwriter. He uh, alluded to the fact that he was a ghostwriter in some of his songs and some of his lyrics. But you know what I'm saying? He never jumped out there and was like, yeah, I, I ghostwrite for this person and this person. So for Lil Yachty to come out and publicly let people know that he did the ghostwriting for the, the Act Up song, you know, that that's kind of weird because if you ghostwrite, you should, you should remain a ghost. It's not ghostwriting if the world knows that you did it or if you come out publicly and say that you did it. If you're a if you're a rapper, you are an entertainer. Part of that entertainment that I want from you is to see this facade through of yours. If you claim you're the best rapper or a good rapper. I don't want you to also claim that you have a ghostwriter. You just illegitimized yourself. You've kicked yourself out of the rap category because you're no longer a rapper now. You're just an actor. So the city girls are great actors, but they're not writing their own stuff or they got other dudes writing their more popular tracks. And if your most popular track was a ghostwritten track, that lets me know your success came from somebody else. That's Yachty's success. So the city girls should just be called the Yachty girls at this point because they got my man Yachty writing for them and they're getting really good success off this act up song. Now it's making me question, did they write the twerk song with Cardi? Like, did they use Cardi B's ghostwriter to help them write that song? Like the I'll take your man song. Did they write that song? Like, so you would just rather not know you because the whole point that you just made was that ghostwriters have been a thing forever and you respect those artists that own their persona yeah 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 yeah. like um look like drake drake has had plenty of ghostwriters Lil brava fonte big poo um have have written for him before and he owned those songs you know what i'm saying like and what i mean by own the song i mean he went out there and rapped it to the best of his ability on beat flawless execution all of that mm-hmm. so you think that he wrote that until someone comes out and it's never the ghostwriter that comes out. Well, back, you know, when I was in high school, the ghostwriter never came out and said, man, I ghostwrote for you. Like, they never did that. So you have a situation where, you know, um, they owned those songs. So you say, dang, this person really, you know, it's like wrestling before you found out it was fake. You know, wrestling had a certain uh, 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 appeal to it because you just it just seemed so real. And then, of course, as you got older and you realized it was fake, that takes a little bit of it from you. But it's still entertaining to watch. Once you know that somebody has a ghostwriter, you can still shake that ass at the club. You know, it doesn't stop you from, you know, turning that song on when you're getting ready. But. It, the, the the legitimacy of that rapper is now questioned because somebody else wrote that. And I like the point you made when we first recorded this, and <laughs> um, we lost that. But the point about the sports and um, like yeah, steroids, yeah, yeah. like like having a ghostwriter is like like taking steroids in in sports. It's like them PEDs for a fighter or a baseball player because now that we've seen the city girl's success after. Um, Yachty's influence or after his he wrote this song it kind of makes you wonder would they have still had that success if Yachty had not written the song would they have still had that success if they made their own music we'll never know it's kind of like your boy Barry Bonds was was he a good hitter before steroids yes but he was a great hitter after steroids and it makes you question the legitimacy of his career like would he have still broken all those records if he had not taken steroids would John Bones Jones have had all of those W's if he hadn't been documented for using performance enhancement drugs we'll never know right so uh, I'm gonna say this and then we can move on my one requirement of rappers, or I have a couple requirements, but this is this is the number one requirement. I don't care if you didn't write your music, like, you know, 
it it kind of changes how I look at it. But either way, like if it's a good song, it's a good song. My one requirement of you is that you rap on beat. Like that is the crux of the whole rap thing. Like you are talking melodically over a beat. And if you are not rapping on beat, then I mean, I personally, I hate mediocrity and I I just don't understand like the city girls, like I'm listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, like not only are the, the lyrics not that good, but my God, you're not even on the beat. Like what, what are we doing here? Why, why are we allowing this to be a thing? So if, if she had rapped Lil Yachty's words on the beat, I'd be like, okay, cool. But girl, I don't know which one it was, Miami, Jay, I don't know, but they stay off the beat and I I can't I can't deal with it. So yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to this next topic. So look, check this out. Um this next topic um comes from the Faithful Black Men Coalition. So your boy Lil Duval dropped the song and um on in his uh his 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 chart he said the songs for all my strong black men we must uplift each other if you with a movement put the fist up black men don't cheat if you've ever heard the song then you know exactly what i'm talking about um have you listened to the song yet yeah i listened to it well what he gave us on instagram did you enjoy the song i thought it was cute I think that um, it's uh, a lot of stuff has been happening on Twitter and you have, you know, a lot of people talking about, you know, the Faithful Black Men Coalition. Shout out to, you know, everybody in the FBMC. You know, we out here, you know, throw your fists up. We doing it big because black men don't cheat. Hashtag. Um, wow. Such an old man. Black men don't cheat. Hashtag. Saying, that's know. how that works. The hashtag comes after. <laughs> hashtag. I am not my ancestors. That's that's how we do this. Um, I just think that it was a very... Um, Duval has always been good at, at, at giving us quirky feel good songs. Um, the song he did with Wale Fairy Tales, the I'm Living My Best Life song, um, and now this song, um, somebody gonna play it in the club somewhere. And it's a really quirky, funny song. Like, and when you listen to the lyrics, you know, you can't help but, you know, appreciate you know, the, the, the humor that comes with it, you know, because a lot of faithful black men get a lot of flack for, doing what they're supposed to do which it doesn't really make sense like when a when a woman does what she's supposed to do in a relationship it's yes queen goals this and that but when a man does it it's like well well, well what else was you going to do you know what i'm saying so this is a beautiful song um i fuck with it heavy um your take on anything you want to add anything to this because i'm about to go somewhere different with this no go ahead go where you're going um i i'm gonna ask you um out of all the faithful black men that you know, um, is, is this song really the faithful black men anthem? I don't understand the question. <laughs> I mean, based on, you know, because I don't think that this is the faithful black man anthem. I think that John B. They Don't Know will always be the faithful black man anthem um, just because that song you know, it really said so much about things that we go through on an everyday basis. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
You got women always constantly talking down on faithful black men saying he was doing this when he wasn't. And John B. made a song and was like, babe, don't listen to him. They don't know what we're doing. They don't they they don't matter in this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just jealousy. And a lot of men have to go through that every day. So I don't think that we should classify this as the faithful black man anthem just yet. I think that John B's They Don't Know still holds that title for right now. But we'll see this summer if if anything changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so what I really liked about it, um, being um, like by trade and profession, uh, like in public relations and communications and marketing, I really like how the whoever created the Faithful Black Man Association, which has been a thing for like it seems like a, a little over a year, like a year and a half or so, they are changing the narrative about what black men do and who black men are. And that is how anything is changed in society and culture. If you look at any advertising campaign, um, the one about milk think making us think we have strong bones and it actually doesn't. It was just something for the milk farmers to sell their milk. Like this is a, or the cow farmers, I'm sorry, cow farmers to sell their milk. Like this is black men taking control of their own narrative and switching it. The same thing happened with black black women or black girls rock and black black girl magic and melanin magic and all of that we took back the narrative about what it means to be black and what it means to be beautiful and now you see little black girls growing up different than how I grew up where light-skinned girls were all the rage and we were still dealing with heavy colorism where we didn't even want to go out in the summer too much because we didn't want to get darker than we were now we love sitting in the sun we love taking pictures in the sun we love celebrating our our black girl magic our color owning who we are and i love that the faithful black men association um and little duval even coming in and giving it you know a song is is really switching that narrative and and giving new rhetoric behind what it means to be a black man, what it means to be a faithful black man. Um, and I really think that that this is how things change. Like you convince when you convince somebody in society of something, it, it kind of works backwards. You think that okay. Once somebody believes something per- on a personal level, then it moves up to the collective level. But really, once you change the mind collectively, it works its way back down into the personal level. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And as a as a black woman, I am here for it. I am here for the Faithful Black Men Association, even if obviously, you know, hashtag black men don't cheat. We know that that's not true in all circumstances but i love that we are claiming that if you will over our men and speaking that over them and i think it's really going to change the trajectory and i i love it i love it so that's how i feel about it shout out to the faithful black man association and Lil duval for giving them a song to rock to this summer facts all righty so the next topic that we're gonna talk about Oh my gosh. Okay. Have you seen those cooking videos? Um, Pubby, his name on Instagram is Pubby Longway. And he does these commentaries over those little quick two minute cooking videos that just have music playing. Have you heard him? Yo, first of all, shout out to him. Like those videos are so entertaining. They are hilarious. They Because t- they give you the spin on, you still get the cooking. But you get the comedic side to keep you watching because now you really want to be invested and see what happens at the end of this video. <laughs> and to hear what he's going to say. Yeah, because you look at the cooking videos of, of yesteryears, the, the the Paula Deans and all of them. Uh, Paula Dean, boo. You you have a, a you would fall asleep watching those. Like I, like when I was in trouble 
or when I was playing hooky or, or being sick or whatever. I'm so old. Did I just say playing hooky? Like what? Playing hooky. Hashtag. When I was when I was skipping school or I was sick and I would be sitting on the couch in the living room and them them videos and all the expert chefs in the kitchen cooking it up. I would fall right to sleep <laughs> so like, boring. as soon as they put the egg in the bowl. Like, I'm done. <laughs> no seasoning, no nothing. I don't even know what they're cooking. I'm sleep, sleep. And then by the time I wake up, you know what I'm saying? Living Single is on or something like that. Or Live and Living Color is on or something. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this dude had it down to a science. He knew how to stay funny. He knew how to keep the audience watching the whole time. And he also knew how to play on... The different um, um, race anecdotes because, you know, a, a black man cooking that stuff versus a white person cooking is two different things. So to have a black man's perspective on this white person doing this is hilarious. Yeah, I love when he talks about parsley because they always put parsley on everything. And just the way he says it, it, it resonates so much with black people. And I personally don't watch it for the for the cooking tutorials as much as I watch it just to hear what he's going to say. Um, one of the times they was, he thought it was about to be parsley. He was like, parsley? Oh, wait, that ain't parsley. That's basil. It was basil. But it was just so funny. And it just reminds you of how clever and hilarious black people are. And this man is never going to run out of content because these companies stay making these little quick cooking videos. He's always going to have content. This was actually genius of him to hop on this and do this before I, I haven't seen anybody do this but him so that shout out to to instagram influencers he did that yeah hey hey did he get him something on revolt or uh facts uh, facts i will watch a 30 minute show of him you know taking his time and expertly breaking down some 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 food like it was like that snoop dog video when um snoop dog did the animal planet special I don't know if you've ever saw that. They let Snoop Dogg get high off some real good stuff. And he was narrating a whole animal planet. <laughs> like, we need more of that because I think that, and I'm going to get serious for a second. I think that it gives us a different perspective because it makes us want to watch. And you learn through that. Like, you you could learn how to properly season something that you weren't good at seasoning before just by watching these videos. Because he's so funny and he keeps you entertained. He's also getting into your subconscious by you picking up on some of the things that he's saying because uh, some of his most quotable stuff involves the ingredients you know what i'm saying oh that ain't parsley that's basil you know <laughs> like you gonna take that into with you to the kitchen when you go put basil on your 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 food or whatever so i think that he definitely deserves a shot at something bigger than just being a a, a couple of retweets on the social media so let's let's get that man a deal somewhere absolutely i can see him doing something with martha stewart because martha stewart seemed like she down you know yeah she definitely down for the cause yeah <laughs> that's so dope so shout out to puppy long with man all right so our last um suite that we're gonna talk about um and look y'all like i like we said this is our second time recording this so <laughs> you're kind of getting um you know what we're giving you the best that we got shout out to anita baker um okay but this one is a video that um at jrod813 tweeted um and it's a video of a woman and a man um showing some PDA so they're like dancing to a slow jam and kissing a little bit and in the background we see a little boy sitting on the couch and he's like oh my god yeah get a room me 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 and um the parents are like my business my business so the caption that jrod813 posted was what y'all think this appropriate behavior in front of your kid 
Um, so yeah, let's just weigh in from that information that we have. Um, I believe it is appropriate behavior. Um, because seeing your parents growing up, let's just talk about me for a second. Growing up, um, I have experienced a lot of things in my childhood, some good, some bad. So it was always good to see my parents showing each other love. It's always good seeing two black people in love showing each other love. There's no such thing to me um, as well, there is inappropriate PDA, but giving somebody a kiss in front of their kids is not inappropriate at all because it shows you two things. One, it shows you love. Two, it shows you what consent really looks like. You know what I'm saying? You're not kissing on somebody that's like, ew, get away from me, stop that. Like, you're giving somebody a kiss or a peck or a touch or a rub that is welcoming that. And in the world that we live in now, these kids are basically teaching themselves because they're not seeing what they're supposed to see in the real world. I think you said it best earlier. Like, some kids are just used to seeing violence. Some kids are just used to seeing parents fight each other. So it's good to see a parent loving up or rubbing up on another parent and showing that affection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so when I first watched the video, there's there's a lot of questions that are kind of answered when you scroll down and see the caption to the video. Facts. So um, the caption, the lady who I guess originally posted the video said, our son can't let us live our best life. And so we come to find out that this is a mom and a dad and that's their kid in the background. Because when I first watched it or when you first watch it, you don't know whether this is, you know, her kid and not his kid or his kid and not her kid. You don't know. You know, if this lady just met this man on Tinder and brought him into the home and is, you know, dancing in front of her son or what the case is. So knowing that this is her, you know, baby's father, this is her son's father and they are in this home together. It it really I think I, I would agree with you that it's good to show your child this. Um, but some of the some of the comments under it, which I agree with, were that you need to have that there's another layer of conversation that probably needs to happen when you're showing this kind of affection in front of your child, because as a, as a child, you just see that you see, okay, man, woman, touching, kissing, squeezing. Okay, cool. You go to school and grab on little Susie and say, I like you girl and start grabbing and touching. That's not okay. And so there's probably another layer of conversation that needs to happen with the child about what they're seeing, what's appropriate, what's not like mom and dad are together. We're in love. Like this is what you do when you're an adult or, or whatever that conversation is. But, um, I think overall, like it's very, it's good to see that because a lot of kids see, if you can show your kids you arguing in the house, why not show them, you know, affection in the house? And you're right. There has to be a conversation um, after that because, again, children's minds are so impressionable and their imagination is so far out there that they will create their own narrative to for something to make sense if there's no explanation given. So after, you know, you show that affection or whatever the case may be, give them the rundown on what's, what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of comedians and a lot of people, you know, use this running joke that, you know, of what they would do if they kid walked in on them having sex or something like that. And nobody's ever answered or alluded to telling the truth as to what's going on. And that could scar a kid if a kid don't know what's going on. You know, you have to express and explain to them what's going on in every, I guess when you show PDA and your kid is around, 
as long as they understand what's going on, and if you haven't explained to them, then you need to explain to them, hey, look, this is what people do when they're in love. You have to explain to them the consent factor. Because like you said, you don't want little Jeremiah going to school and just grabbing and kissing on everybody, you know, just because he's seen his parents do it. You know, like explain that and have that understanding because if you're not teaching them, somebody else is teaching them. Somebody else in the hood or somebody else in their neighborhood or in their cul-de-sac or on their street is teaching them what you're supposed to be teaching them because it takes a whole village to raise a child yeah the city girls are going to teach them if you don't man listen shout out to all of the teachers and the social workers and the guidance counselors and the big brothers and the big sisters of the community that's out there really doing what they're supposed to do a lot of our listeners work in a profession where they deal with children on a regular basis and i'll definitely appreciate y'all for what y'all are doing because y'all understand the struggle and y'all understand how hard it is to keep these kids on a straight and narrow because they have so many influences out there in 2019 every tv show they watch black people killing each other every tv show they watch got some sort of of hidden agenda that they pushing you know what i'm saying super extra hard and it's like you know what they're seeing versus what, what we saw growing up versus what they seeing now two totally different spectrums you know what i'm saying so it's it's really funny because when i was growing up I was, you know, I watched, you know, Different World. I watched uh, Different Strokes, Good Times, The Jeffersons, um, Sanford and Son, all of that. So a lot of the um, things that were going on in, in current events in real time would play on the show, like bombings and hostage situations and talking to strangers and kidnapping and, and, and sexual assault and stuff like that and child abuse that was going on on these shows. My parents and I had a, a serious conversation after the show was over because I always had questions. And because they gave me those answers, I was able to apply that to real life and going out into the world and knowing right from wrong and what this means and what this means. And that's what we need for these kids today, because if nobody's teaching them, then the world is going to teach them. And the world's lessons are very hard. Like they're going to learn in prison or they're going to learn after they get shot up or end up six feet under. So please be cognizant of what's going on with your kids and please be sure that you're telling them the truth as to what is going on, um, whether it be kissing, touching them, accidentally walking in on you, just be upfront and let them know what's going on. Yeah, I think a lot of times, and this this would be the last thing I say about it, but I think a lot of times parents think that, or I'm going to speak from my experience growing up, you know, in the South where a lot of times you just didn't have conversations, you just pretend like it wasn't a thing. They think that if I don't bring it up with my child, then my child just won't know. Like, it's fine. It's like brush it under the rug. Like, we, if we don't talk about it, it's not a real thing. And that's not the case. Like, you have to have the conversation and let your child choose to do with that what they may. If you talk about sex with them or whatever, and they choose to go out there and do it, they're going to do what they want to do anyway. So you might as well have the conversation and prepare them for what's to come. And you can give them your viewpoint. Like, I don't think you should do this until you're a certain age. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. Right. So you might as well go ahead and let them in on it. And it's it's really hard. Those conversations have to be had at home. Like, a teacher or a social worker can have that conversation with your child. But you spend so much time in your house, in your home. If it's not there, you can get it, you know, in the eight hours that you're in school, but you spend so much more time at home. So it's better to see it there. So I love that this couple was showing PDA and she defended her position that she wants to show her child black love and what it means, you know, to be in an intimate, loving relationship. And I think as long as you have that conversation with them about what's going on, it's beautiful that that young man's probably going to um, benefit from seeing that. 
so uh yeah that's that's the <laughs> the end of the second recording of episode five lord have mercy if it doesn't save this time me and garage band are fighting do you have anything that you want to share as we get out of here senor yeah shout out to everybody that tunes into us every week shout out to everybody that constantly giving us feedback um, for all of our new audience, um, we do appreciate constructive criticism. Don't, I mean, feel free to give us whatever feedback you feel is necessary. Um, just saying the show is good. Um, I don't know what you, the only thing that we can do with that feedback is continue to do what we're doing. But if there's something that you would like more of, if there's a, a specific balance or something that you're used to that you would appreciate more if we did, let us know and we'll try it because we got some big plans coming up for this podcast. Um, and uh, we're taking all of y'all with us. So um, please just continue to rock with us and we're going to rock with y'all. Yeah. So y'all know we switched up the format a little bit this week. So if you like this format, let us know. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Dangerous Tweets or on Twitter at underscore Dangerous Tweets. Dangerous Tweet. I'm sorry. Somebody took at Dangerous Tweets and they haven't tweeted since 2009. I'm salty. Yes. But yeah, on Twitter, it's at underscore Dangerous Tweet. Um, yeah, let's have conversations about some of the stuff we talked about. I'd love to hear how y'all feel about the cohabitation thing. I love hearing other opinions and we respect everybody's opinion. So um, yeah, but let us know what you think about this episode um the format if you like this format better than the last one um and yeah and we're going to shout out um three specific people this week um that uh pulled up on us and talked with us about the podcast for a little bit shout out to terry um shout out to raheem and shout out to kim um thank y'all for rocking out with us i think every week i must start shouting people out to let people know that we appreciate them you know what i'm saying um also um a big shout out to niche for being a, a new audience member thank you for listening to our podcast um be sure um y'all tune in and let us definitely subscribe so you can Um, get the episodes pushed to your phone yeah and and feel free to tweet us throughout the week man because we can keep these conversations rolling and y'all can help us with the next topics that we 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 pull up uh, because um we're gonna start trying to do this in front of a live audience um soon not too soon but you know y'all just work with us god is working with us (laughs) amen all right well thank you all for listening again and we will talk to you next week all right we out bye holla (laughs) what's up y'all this is juice from the podcast dangerous tweets um, thank y'all for tuning in with us today. Be sure y'all like and subscribe. Make sure y'all tune in for all of the new stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore dangerous tweet. You can follow me at Radio Zeus. Or you can follow Stacia at Stacia. S-T-A-Y-S-H-H. Shout out to y'all, man. Tune in to us next time. Take care.